Welcome, 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 geeks and nerds, girls and boys, to another brand new edition of Geeks Me Radio. Tonight, actor Vince Lozano joins us to talk about his brand new film, Trauma Therapy Psychosis, available in theaters, digital on demand, September 1st. Later on, Chris McQuillan will join us to talk about the upcoming Toy Man Toy Show, a place where you can grab some vintage toys here in St. Louis. All that and more, stand by. We're talking TV, comics and movies, and video games. If you're driving around the greater St. Louis area tonight, hearing us on the big 550 KTRS, hello to all of you. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you're streaming us on the web right now, we're on Facebook and we're on YouTube with video. Thanks to Joey V, who's in the house with me tonight. Hello to all of you watching. And of course, if you're streaming us on the app or on the KTRS website, Glad you found us there. And as always, if you're hearing us after the fact in the podcast form on whatever your podcast platform of choice is, we do appreciate you finding us there and listening to us each and every week. Uh, A full show tonight. We're going to go right to it. You'll recognize my next guest, of course, from Pirates of the Caribbean, among many other movies, which we're going to talk about. His uh, TV roles include Wings, ER, and Becker, and of course, Charm. We had Brian Krause on not too long ago, and we'll uh, talk to him about that as well. And he's got a brand new movie out. Uh, It was the late Tom Sizemore's final movie, Trauma Therapy Psychosis. Joining us right now is Vince Lozano. Vince, I appreciate you taking the time tonight. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, good. We appreciate you being on. Uh, this, I, I was looking at this, and I like the fact that this is a sequel to the original Trauma Therapy from 2019, but the director wanted to make sure that even though it's a sequel, you can still jump on. You don't necessarily have to have watched the first one to enjoy this one. Yeah, exactly. It, it, you know, it stands by itself. It, it, it could be a standalone film, even though it's considered a sequel of uh, Trauma Therapy, the one that came out in uh, 2019. And in this one, you're back as Victor. Uh, talk a little bit about your character and talk a little bit about uh, your role in the film itself. Um, basically, Victor, in the original uh, Trauma Therapy, he was the... Uh, right-hand man to uh, uh, Vance Tolman, Tolman Vance. And uh, he uh, basically was basically the master puppeteer behind the scenes who was pulling all the strings, uh, pushing the buttons of the recruits. Everyone thought it was Tolman Vance, but it was really Victor doing all the bad things behind the scenes. And in this one, the the, the latest one, Psychocus, uh, Basically, I'm 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 in in the podcast. I just got out of prison, and I'm defending Tobin Vance uh, about all of his uh, 
all of the alleged crimes or whatever he's alleged to have done, and I'm basically defending him on a podcast with Tom Sizemore. And with a film like this, I, I've looked at your resume, and you've gotten to play so many diverse roles. You you play villains, you play henchmen, you play uh, dramatic roles and everything like that, and obviously some horror roles as well. Do you find as an actor, do, do you have one, not that you need to, but do you have one particular type or a genre where you feel the most comfortable in that vein or that comes the most naturally to you? You know, I feel comfortable in all of them, but... Honestly, I, I get cast more as a villain bad guy than I do in, in, in comedy, and I'm actually really good at comedy, but <laughs> I don't always get the opportunity to play it because I'm always thought of as the the number one villain or, or bad guy in some kind of film, and I always try to bring something unique or different to the bad guy. So, you know, it's not always a stereotypical bad guy that that's easily – played if, if you know if you get my sense yeah and i know you got the you, you writing and directing alvarez and cruz from 2003 is that with your producing and directing and writing and things like that a lot of people i found who i talked to who kind of have all those boxes checked actor producer director writer do a lot of this because they want to create roles for themselves that do kind of showcase is that how you kind of got into writing and directing oh 100 percent Yes. Uh, I'm always trying to create something that, that challenges me or, or scares me um, and makes me uncomfortable as an actor. Um, because, you know, it, it, you know, you don't want to get stale or bored. You want to challenge yourself. Right. And I think that's where the creativity and, and excitement and, and uh, creating something unique and different, that's where the excitement comes from of being an actor. Cause if you're playing the same thing every day and you know, it, you know, let's be honest, uh, it becomes a little stale and, <laughs> and, and, and it loses the fun. So I create projects for myself where it's a lot of fun. It's intense and it makes me nervous to play the role. And whenever I'm, I have that nervous feeling, I got to rise to the occasion and do it. And there are people who, you know, just they, they seem like they're just as comfortable writing a script as they are directing a movie. I think of James Gunn comes to mind. Do you find that you take easier to the writing or the directing or is right is directing your own stuff not that big of a transition to make? You know, what I found is is lately is um, I'm really good at coming up with ideas for for scripts or stories. But it takes me a long time to get that first draft off the ground. Probably maybe uh, maybe six months, eight or nine months. So what I what I found, I found a writer that we work very well together, uh, Nathan Isley. I'll give him my idea, and uh, he'll go run off and and write the whole script in within three or four weeks, and then we'll work with each other. I'll go, all right, this works. Let's change the dialogue here. And once I have that in front of me, I'm able to to uh, make some changes and adjustments. Um, and as far as directing goes, um, I, it's just a lot of fun to work with with actors and and try to pull pull out of them a performance, an organic performance. Um, I'm not a I'm not a very hands-on director. I, I like to see, I like to give the opportunity to the actor to show what they prepped on or what they, whatever homework they did on the character. 
and let's see what they do, and then then we'll go from there. If I need to make some adjustments or changes, we'll do it. Does does that approach, uh, your directing approach, kind of stem from, you mentioned a little earlier how you wish you had more of a chance to show your comedic side and that you do try to find that even if you're playing a villain. Does that kind of like, uh, I guess you're not sympathizing, but you kind of want to give your actors that you're directing that same chance, I guess? Yeah, exactly, because... You know, I, I come from a foundation of being an actor first and then just basically got into filmmaking because of uh, trying to create more opportunities for myself. So I, I feel like I'm in the actor's shoes and I don't want to squash their creativity. I want to give them the opportunity to explore and, and go for it and, and give them that confidence and trust that, hey, even though we're doing a film, you know, this is a safe environment for you to try things and explore things and go for it. You know, it's like being in acting class. Acting class, I always say, should be harder than being on set. It's like going to the gym. When you work out, you know, you want to work out at, at the hardest level you can because then, you know, everything else comes easier. And with your, your background in dance and everything like that, too, and I know you, you were uh, uh, very active in sports and everything early on in Ohio, just up, just up the road from us here in St. Louis, uh, did, did, was acting kind of always a little bit on the back of your mind, or was it just kind of you wanted to perform, and then that kind of led to the next step and led to acting from there? Um, what kind of happened was, I, I, you know, I was always a huge fan of, of intense, edgy films like Deer Hunter, Godfather, Rocky, uh, um, films like that when I was growing up that, that, that I got to see, uh, uh, what's the other one with, uh, Pacino, uh, geez, it, it escapes me. But anyway, um, I was involved in sports and I thought, well, you know what, I'm just going to continue to play sports and maybe I'll be, become a policeman, doctor, <laughs> not a doctor, but who knows, maybe a nurse paramedic or something. Mm-hmm. And I, one summer I went to Brooklyn and was hanging out with my cousins. And then we were, they were break, they were into break dancing. And I, I started break dancing because of them. And then when I came back to Ohio, became part of a crew. We, 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 we started dance, dancing at small van, venues, break dancing at different clubs and, different competitions and we ended up winning a competition where we opened up for Rum DMC, Fat Boys, Nucleus, uh, Curtis Blow and all that. And we did a small little tour in, uh, in, uh, Cleveland and, and, uh, Cincinnati, Columbus in Ohio, basically. So there was a a African-American theater on the East side of Cleveland called Caramel house, which, which is a very, well-renowned theater, they were looking for a kid that could play, Caucasian kid that could play basketball, uh, dance, act, and sing, and he was going to be the lead in the show. So I went in audition, and yeah, I could play basketball, yeah, I could dance, and uh, singing, and they were like, we'll turn it into (laughs) rap. I'm like, okay. (laughs) And then the acting was, I was basically the character, and that basically led me into searching out for a career in acting. I started doing a lot of plays in Cleveland and uh, was leads in a lot of plays. And uh, it was was a lot of fun. And then I said, you know, let me give it a shot. And then I moved to L.A. And every actor I've always talked with who, like you, had their start in theater – 
that's the kind of love that never goes away because you've got that immediacy with your audience and every single one I've talked to says they would even if they're you know super famous as far as movies and everything they would always go back to the theater for the right part do you feel the same way I agree because you know that's where you start and that's where your foundations start and it's nothing like working in front of a live audience yeah. and and basically that intensity that edginess you know to go out there and rise to the occasion and you know being able to to live in that world and and get that audience to uh, get that audience to believe what you're doing and you get immediate feedback you don't have to wait a month two or six months right for a film to come out and, and get get feedback on it you're getting that feedback right away and then the great stuff you've done, you've done TV shows like Wings, ER, uh, Becker. And, of course, we mentioned uh, when we introduced you, Charmed, we had Brian Krause on, I'm going to say, probably about three or four months ago. And uh, he was uh, talking about how much he enjoyed that series. Was there ever a series that you really wish, like, oh, man, I would kill to be a regular on this show because you had just such a great time as a guest role? Um. A uh, show that I did that that would be American. Uh, uh, what is it? American, oh, American Horror uh, Story. Yeah, American Horror Story. Yeah, I'll bet. I would oh love to be a regular on that. Um, the writing was great. The uh, all the directors that they brought in were awesome, and it, it was a fun set to work on. It was like even you know no one was stuck on what they what they what the script was or whatever they were open to to improvise they were open to changes hmm. and it, it was a very creative place to to be a part of and my executive producer joey v has on the screen right now he had a picture of you with um i almost said leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> that's why johnny depp uh from pirates of the caribbean uh the 2003 movie that took the world by storm and started that whole franchise that must have been amazing that was that was like lightning in a bottle to be part of that movie just uh it's an incredible uh series that people still love so much that whole franchise talk a little bit about if you could uh auditioning for that and landing the part uh basically i got a call from my agent not to sound cliche, get a call from your agent, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it was one line. It was no fair. And she goes, uh, yeah, you got to drive to Santa Monica. I think it's uh, Jerry Brook, Brookheimer's office. I was like, all right. And I think my car, actually my, my car was broken down at the time. So I had to get a, a ride with one of my close friends, Alex, uh, who uh, was also auditioning for the film. Hmm. So I go in there. I do the line, and they they asked me to growl a little bit, so I growled, and then that was it. So then uh, uh, that was the first audition. Then a couple of days later, I get a call. Hey, they want you to come back. They want you to improvise, and they want you to redo the line again. And um, just so you know, it's a bomb pirate. I'm like, okay. So then I came up with this line. You know, I had the weekend. I was thinking, you know, improvise and, and this kind of thing. And I'm like, I, you know, I got to come up with a line. And then I did. I'm, and, and it was like, I'm going to blast you to tiny little pieces. So I improvised the line. And I was pretending I was throwing bombs. And I was growling like a dog and, <laughs> and running around. And we were, uh, it was uh, Rona Crest, who was the casting director. We were going back and forth doing the improv, improv and, you know, I did the line again, made her laugh, and then the rest was history. I, I, I got the part, and 
originally I was only supposed to work on it a, a couple weeks or two to three weeks. And then uh, we were filming out in Long Beach at the Spruce Goose, um, the dome where uh, they built the, uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the ship, the Black Pearl in there. And then that's where we did a lot of the ghost sequences with uh, Jeffrey coming out, breaking the bottle. You're in a gross story. The whole stuff of us cleaning the ship, and I'm playing the accordion, and uh, so basically we went to lunch, and Gore comes up to me, and says, "Hey, I, I, I love what you're doing, and I'm gonna have you throughout the whole movie." So, wow, a couple weeks, two, two to three weeks turned into six months. Nice. Yeah, that that that's uh, Jeffrey Rush remains one of my very favorite actors of all times. So he just loses himself in a role so completely. It's it's really incredible to watch him work. Yeah, he was. He's a. He's such a brilliant actor, and you know, watching him work. Even though he had that script, he was great at coming up with one-liners, improvising, and and just he was. He was so free. That was what made it so great. That he was so free. Johnny was so free, and this chemistry that they created between each other. It, it was just some brilliant acting, and and something you don't see always. Yeah, definitely not. Like I said, that that was kind of lightning in a bottle. That movie was is still anytime. It's one of those things where I'm flipping through channels. If I go come across Pirates of the Caribbean, no matter what part of the movie it's in, I'll stop flipping and I'll sit down and watch <laughs> watch it from that point on. Even though I've probably seen it a dozen times. Yeah, it, you know, it's, it it just connects with people, and and uh, you know, I get it all the time. Uh, I'll, I'll do conventions or or be somewhere at a coffee shop, whatever. And hey, I was just watching Pirates of the Caribbean. It came on, and, and I couldn't <laughs> stop watching. <laughs> That's got to be a great reaction. Um, do you mind if do you mind it sticking is. with us for just a quick commercial break? Sure. All right. Uh, for those of you listening, we're going to take a very quick commercial break. We're going to come right back, and we'll chat more with Vince. You're listening to Geek to Me Radio on the Big Five Fifty KTRS. Please stand by. Hi, I'm Jim Pillock, and you're listening to Geek to Me Radio. Get in touch with your inner geek. We are back. Geek to Me Radio heard live here on the Big 550 KTRS every Sunday night, 10 o'clock Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. I'm your host, James Enstall. I want to make sure we tell you about our official comic book sponsor, which is, of course, Bugs, Comics, and Games. If you have not yet had a chance to go visit them, I really don't know what you're waiting on. If you are new to comics and you're seeing Blue Beetle coming out and you're like, okay, I have no idea who Blue Beetle is and you want to kind of impress your friends before you go out and see it, you might want to go out and ask Larry, hey, Give me the give me the stuff. Give me the comics I need to bone up on this before I go see it, so I don't sound like an idiot when I go see it with my friends. Blue Beetle comics, Flash comics, Batman comics, Spider Man comics. Larry loves Spider Man, so if you tell me you want Spider Man comics, you're automatically going to be in his good graces. Uh, he's been in the business for quite a while. I used to ride my bike up to his shop that he had in Florissant before I was old enough to have a license to drive. So it makes me very happy that he's uh, back. Selling comic books coming up on his two-year anniversary in October already at the new store out in O'Fallon on Bryan Road. So if you're out in that area, it's on Bryan Road, easily accessible from my 
either Highway 70 or from the Page Extension 364. If you are wanting to buy back issues, that's what really makes a comic book store is the back issues. They have to have the good stuff, the old stuff from the Silver Age, the Bronze Age, the Copper Age. So he's got plenty of those because he's always buying new collections. So maybe you're at the point where you want to get rid of some comics. You want a little extra cash. Go talk to Larry. He'll give you the best price around for your collection. Whether you're wanting new comics, old comics, bags, backboards, toys, games, Larry's got it all. And you can give their Facebook page like Bugs Comics and Games on Facebook. Join the Avengers Club so you can start saving money on your weekly pull list. That's another great way to save some money in this economy. Bugs, comics, and games. Tell Larry you heard about it here on geek to me Radio. Very proud to have him as the official comic book sponsor here on the show. Talking with Vince Lozano still for a little bit longer here. We were discussing his new movie, Trauma Therapy Psychosis, on demand on digital and in select theaters, September the 1st. Uh, We were talking a lot about both the way you play roles, Vince, and also as you're directing other actors, that improv. Improv always seems to come up. It seems like it's a basic technique that everyone, actors need to learn, I think, just to make them better actors. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, I agree 100%. The good thing about improvisation, it gives you the freedom to trust your choices. And that's very, very, very important because I think sometimes actors lack the confidence in their choices. And the thing about improv is you make a choice. If it doesn't work, be open and free to change in the moment. And once you do that, it's the same thing working in a script because you want to improvise within the script, within the dialogue, within yeah. the scene. And when I, when I mean that, what, what I mean by, by that is not changing the lines. It's just changing whatever emotion you, may, you think may be in the scene. But if you keep saying, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, but that person makes you feel love in the moment, and that's your 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 dialogue is saying, I hate, but you can still say, I hate you, but it can come across like, I love you. Right. Um, and that's what's so key about improvisation. And, and I had a great coach who, who studied with uh, uh, Ed K. Martin, who was a disciple of uh, Sandy Meisner, and oh, they yeah. created a great studio out here, Moment to Moment Studio, and and my coach was Andrew Benny, and he would write specific improvs for us and uh, that he thought we might play out there. And then we, he'd give us all a, a private knowledge that the other person in the scene didn't know about, and you didn't know their private knowledge, and then you come in, and if it comes out, it comes out, and if it doesn't, it doesn't. But it just made you focus on living in the moment, doing your homework, and, and making choices and, and not having a wall and being free to, to, to allow yourself to explore your, your emotion. Because we all have um, 50 million characters within us. It's just, do we want to tap into them? And the fact that you got to reprise the role of Victor in Trauma Therapy Psychosis uh, from the last one. And we mentioned, too, this was the last film uh, that Tom Sizemore will appear in posthumously. It's got to be that feeling, I know, with uh, the actors who were in Last Night in Soho. That was Diana Riggs' last movie They that was released after she died. So it kind of makes the movie, I don't want to say more a little more special, but it does have that bit of a kind of like, oh man, this was the person's final film. Talk a little bit, if you could, about working with Tom. 
Um, it was a lot of fun. I mean, you know, he, he's a very intense actor, and, and so am I. <laughs> you know, we, uh, we were pushing each other's buttons within <laughs> the scene. And, uh, but it was organic, you know, it was, it was very, very organic and he improvised. He was great at coming out with one liners and, and, you know, getting really emotional and really intense. And, and I fed off of it. It it was like, you know, he gave me a piece of cake to to eat. I took a bite of it and then I passed that cake back back and he took a bite of it. And, uh, we, we just kept going back and forth at each other. And I thought it was a very fun uh intense scene uh, or a couple scenes that we had in there and uh, and afterwards uh, we we complimented each other and gave each other a big hug great work and uh and you know and I and I looked up to Tom Sizemore he he was in some great films oh yeah that that I like he um saving Private Ryan to say a few and and the list just keeps going on yeah, absolutely. It was such, it was so sad. I feel like every every couple of months, I feel like we lose somebody else who is kind of one of these larger than life people that I've always grown up seeing on the on the big screen. It's very. It gets to be the, the point where it's like, man, we're just losing too many people. Yeah, it sucks. But at least we have their their films. Like, uh, I you know, it's like Billy Drago. I got to work with Billy Drago, and I was friends mm. with Billy Drago for. You know, for many years, he would go to the same coffee shop in Toluca Lake, and he passed away. And he was, I thought he was uh, uh, a, a brilliant actor, brilliant character actor from Untouchables and a lot of horror films and, and cult films and, and things like that. Another one that passed away, um, you know, and it, and it sucks. You know, it sucks that we got to die. <laughs> but that's the, that's the great thing about being in your line of work, Vince, is that you've got all these great projects that you're, you've got a legacy to leave behind. People are always going to be like, oh, my gosh, this great movie, you know, that that's kind of, in a way, being on film, being in your profession kind of makes you immortal. That's true. I mean, you know, that's, that's one way to look at it. And, I, and you know what? Uh, I'm so blessed because of that, you know, that I, I do have a legacy to, to live behind when I'm gone. And, and, and you know what's great? Because I, I never thought I was going to be a, a, a dad. I have a, a 10-year-old son. And, you know, I'm, I'm so lucky I did Pirates because that's one of his favorite movies <laughs> of all time. I mean, he, he must have wa- watched Pirates like 20 or 25 times. He just loves watching it. Did, when did, what age did he get to when uh, he finally put two and two together? was like, wait a minute, that's dad on screen. Was, it, was there that certain age that that moment happened for him? He, I, I, uh, he, I think he was three. We were at a restaurant having breakfast, and it just so happens that they were playing pirates up there. He looks at the screen, looks back at me, and looks back at the screen and goes, Daddy, that's you. He he, he kind of knew I was he uh, I was an actor because I had a couple commercials running at the time, one for Geico, and uh, so he knew I was an actor, but he didn't know I was in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. And so when we we came home, I had to put it on for him to watch. And after that, you know, now that they have it on Disney Plus all the time, yeah, you know, he goes up there and he clicks on it and he and he watches it. <laughs> That's got to be such a cool thing, you know. My dad's and my dad's an actor, and look what he's done. That's that's got to be very cool. Yeah, lately, you know, because he's at that age now, and you know, he he's had a few friends over, and they're like, "Your dad was a pirate. Get out of here!" 
You didn't tell me that. The coach, our coach is in Paris. No way. <laughs> And one of the things I'm 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 a big sucker for voice actors. I'm always I'm always fascinated by the work voice actors do. And I got to say, you were in a couple episodes of the brand new Spider Man and his Amazing Friends that's out. Uh, how was how did you find voice acting in a Marvel Studios type of uh, cartoon show? Because those are so popular. Were there any nerves going in? No, actually, no nerves. It was just. It was. I was excited, and because uh, it was my first time, I, I've done other voiceover gigs, but never for something animated. Mm-hmm. And and uh, it, it was fun because uh, they're like, "All right, give us a few readings," and then I would just keep going. I mean, how many you want? I'll do it this way. I'll do it high. <laughs> I'll do it big. I'll do it intense. I'll do it me. I'll do it funny. I'll do it uh, whatever, however way you want, and. And it was so great because uh, the the director, the director, the producers were all in Canada and they were watching me uh, through Zoom. And uh, and then I had I had one uh, co-director who who was in the booth, and and they were so familiar with the show they knew exactly what they wanted, and they knew which way to to go with it or whatever. And if if I went too far, they would tell me, or if my voice was too uh, uh, too intense that they would let me know. They're like, "Hey, remember, this is for kids." <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, take the gruffness out. We don't want to scare them. <laughs> right, right. But uh, you know, it's the same thing. Like anything, you just go out there and give it your all, and then see what sticks. And 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 a lot of it stick. You know, they're like, "Oh, let's keep this choice. Oh, let's keep this one." So it's good times. And again, if you want to catch Vince, brand new movie, Trauma Therapy, Psychosis, in select theaters, on demand and on digital as of September 1st. If people want to find out more about you, if they want to keep up with you, uh, what about websites, social media handles, things like that? Uh, so on, this, on IG, I'm, I'm, I'm the uh, Vince Lozano page, L-O-Z-A-N-O page, uh, Facebook, Vince Lozano page too, and then uh, Twitter. I haven't been on Twitter much lately, but I think it's Vince Lozano page too. So I'm easy to get a hold of. And if you have any questions, whatever, I'm pretty good at getting back with people and, uh, giving, uh, anyone advice about acting or life or whatever. Perfect. And for those of you who might be listening after the fact, scroll down to the bottom of the page and we'll have links to his social media handles in the show notes. Vince, I appreciate you taking the time on a Sunday night to chat with the audience and myself. Uh, Hopefully we'll see you again soon. Can't wait to check out Trauma Therapy Psychosis. Awesome. And this was a blast. Some great questions. And I, I appreciate you having me on the show. Anytime. Like I said, we'll have to have you back again. Awesome, and I'll be back. (laughs) (laughs) Have a good rest of your night. Thanks so much. All right, you two. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. There he goes, Vince Lozano. Uh, Great guy. Like I said, such a talent. And if you get a chance to check that movie out, uh, Trauma Therapy Psychosis, September 1st on digital and on demand and in select theaters. We're going to take another quick commercial break. We're going to come right back. We'll have Chris McQuillan from Toy Man on the phone. We'll talk about some of these new Kickstarters for some of these toys that have been really popular and what he thinks about those, some of the new stuff, and some of the vintage stuff you'll be able to get at Toy Man Toy Show next Sunday. You're listening to Geek to Me Radio on the Big 550 KTRS. Please stand by. 
Hi, this is John Delancey, and you're listening to Geek to Me Radio. We are back on Geek to Me Radio. I'm your host, James Enstell. I want to make sure we tell you about our premier sponsor, of course, the Greater St. Charles Convention and Visitors Bureau. DiscoverStCharles.com is the website. DiscoverStCharles.com. You should definitely go check the website out if you're from out of town. Maybe you're like my last guest, Vince Lozano, out there in California. He was saying there's a lot of rain out there now, a little earthquake. If you want to go someplace, uh, get, get out of the rain, maybe go have some fun somewhere else. You can enjoy the St. Louis heat right now. Go out and bike ride in Katy Park. Uh, past the KD Depot. You can rent a bike if you don't have one from Bike Stop Cafe. Grab lunch at all the little restaurants along the way there. If you want to get some ice cream, there's three or four different places. I like Kilwins myself uh, right there on Main Street and First Capital. Always something new to see. We were just out there and we had uh, dinner at a place called Savor, brand new restaurant that opened up not too long ago. Great burgers, uh, good cocktails too. If you're looking for someplace new to go, maybe you should go check out St. Charles. If you're trying to, you know, you're one of those couples who's like, what do you want to go for dinner? I don't care. What do you want? Well, I don't care. Go out in St. Charles. Go walk around. You're probably going to stumble across some place that's like, yeah, this looks good. And while you're out there, you'll probably find some new shops, some uh, cool new things to see and do. If you're from out of town, if you're local and haven't been out there lately, what are you waiting for? Whatever you do, start your trip at the website, discoverstcharles.com. That's discoverstcharles.com. As we always say, it's an historically good time. My next guest is my official toy expert, Chris McQuillan, the owner and operator of the best toy show in the entire Midwest, Toy Man, which will be going up next Sunday. The 27th, I'll be there peddling my wares. You can check out a lot of vendors with comic books, toys, dolls, vintage uh, matchbox cars, just about anything you could think of. There's a guy who does nothing but movie posters there. A little bit of something for everybody. Chris, how are you? Doing great. How about yourself? Good, good. I want to get your. I want to pick your brain on something before we start here. I know you're a Star Wars fan. You're probably very excited for the new Ahsoka series coming to Disney+. Plus. Yes, definitely. Cannot wait. Well, obviously, we've seen the previews already. We know Captain Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels will be in this, piloting the Ghost. Has Labs, Hasbro Has Labs. If you go to HasbroPulse.com, they're not a sponsor of the show. I'm just I'm giving out the website. People want to go see what we're talking about. They've got another uh, type of crowdfunded toy they did it with the Jabba's sail barge way back when they did it most recently with the mandalorian razor crest they're doing it again with the ghost 499 dollars. they've unlocked the first tier already and there's little bonuses you get just like you would on a kickstarter have you seen this yet uh yes of course how, how many have you I bought? Not? how many have you bought already <laughs> I, I can't disclose that but i will have one in my collection and i may have one on display and one in the box i'm just saying it's such a cool thing, and I wish they would stop doing it because I don't have the kind of money to keep up with this. I mean, if you don't have the kind of money now to buy it, the problem is is that you're going to have that kind of money when you want it secondhand and you have to add 200 or $300 to it? Yeah, that's that's true. But I think it's just such a cool thing because they, they're doing these. We mentioned the Razor Crest and the Sail Barge, which I've only seen the Sail Barge from a distance. I think some guy had it at mm. Toy Man like three or four shows ago. Some guy had one, and I was like, wow, that's that's amazing. I think uh, 
I think I've seen a, a Razor Crest there as well. But it's just so, such a cool thing that for Star Wars nerds like you and me, we're getting these amazing, intricately detailed ships from their air quotes vintage collection that are just too cool to pass up. Oh, definitely. And I mean, and if you're going to do it, I mean, if you're going to have one that's in a box, you got to have one in the box and you have to have one out of the box. And then if you're going to have the one out of the box, then you have to have it set up like a diorama. So <laughs> you're going to have to have all the figures to go with it. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, I am 54 years young because technically 54 put together, I'm probably, my real age is probably closer to 9 to 12. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? Yes. Because when Star Wars came out, I was 8. Gosh, am I that old? Yeah, it's best it's best not to think about it. But yes, I I often I often fool people into thinking I'm an adult and it's kind of fun when really I'm just a twelve year old kid. That's what Toy Man's for. Yeah. Where big kids go to play. And that's our saying. Where big but when you walk in, I don't care if you're eight years old, my son, eighteen years old, you know, back you know when they were growing up, or eighty years old. That's it, 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 you're young at heart and your toy collection shows that. Yeah. And there's so many people there. I mean, and we've got people who come from up in Chicago down to do this show. So you've got people from all over the area come to set up. And I think I was talking with a couple people last month who came to the show. They drove in from Olathe, Kansas for this because they're like, we keep hearing about this. We had my my husband's a big collector. We had to come check it out. So it's amazing that that many people come from that far around, too. Oh, yes, definitely. And I mean, and these are people that, that have been coming to Toy Man for years. I mean, Toy Man is 32 years old. So you're, it's not just a one time or eight times a year thing. It's literally been coming for years. And I always see the cool things at this. And one of the other one of the other projects I want to bring up, we talked about the HasLabs Ghost, because I always see the people there. There's a guy when you walk in the main hall, not the board game guy, but you kind of do a 180 from him, and he's up, up there uh, on the wall. He has vintage Silverhawks and Thundercats mint on the card. And boy, I saw Super 7 is doing a huge, they unveiled it at San Diego Comic-Con. When I say huge, it's ginormous. Cat's Lair from Thundercats for six hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, I will probably buy an extra Haslab before I buy that. But you know what? There's other people that say differently. So you're more of a Star Wars guy than a Thundercats guy, is what you're saying? Yeah. Is it? Is it the so price I would have point? To I'm, say that. I'm curious from what because because everyone's a little bit different. Six hundred and fifty is only two fifty more. Well, actually, it's only one hundred and fifty more than the than the Ghost, uh, and it's obviously larger in size but i had this debate with somebody else whether what what is the price point that's going to price people out from buying these things and because haslabs has done them with the sky striker um and i know that super seven did it with the thunder tank before that do you think there's going to be a point a price point where people are going to say no that's too much and where is that sweet spot in your opinion uh, so in my opinion if if i'm paying 4.99 for a ship that is going to be limited run that you're not just going to find in Walmart that you're not just going to, and not to plug any other retailers. So the thing is that as long as Haslabs is going to keep it to come out and it's quality stuff and it's, it's made for the 3.75 and it's for those figures, mm-hmm. then it's the price point that collectors, because right now you price the millennium Falcon that is from 2003 or even 2004. You're paying, Five hundred, yeah, yeah, three fifty to five hundred dollars. Yeah. So that price point of four ninety nine is not so far fetched because then down the road 
you're not going to find that 499 HasLab for $125. That you're just not going to because they're making a limited run. They're not making it that's a common. You're not going to find it on Amazon. You're just not because they're going to make it limited. As long as you do that, I think it'd be great. And I think as long as they keep it limited. Now, if you make it common, sorry, you're going to have to go back to the price point of the previous, I hate to mention, toy chess, children's palace, mm. KBs, back to 129, 149. But that's not, that's not, not going to be the common. Yeah. These are rare. These are limited runs. Well, I think I don't think Super Seven. I don't think you're going to see those a, a pop up at like like a sort of Walmart or a, se- a secondary market. I think it's going to be an exclusive for that too, um, with the, with the Cat Slayer and the Thunder Tank and everything like that. But I am curious because you mentioned that because uh, they had was it 2003? You probably would know better than I do. They had that Millennium Falcon where the cockpit actually sat four people like it does in the movie. Um, that I think was that a Toys R Us exclusive or am I mistaken? I believe that was a Toys R Us exclusive. But that was didn't that retail originally for three hundred? Am I am I off on that too? I think it was like two seventy nine or two ninety nine. Okay. But you know they also had right near the end of Kmart. Kmart had some exclusives too. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah, that's right. So do you think do you think if they with that Millennium Falcon we just discussed out? I'm not sure if Haslabs would do one of those, but that's the most popular ship in all of Star Wars. Let's face it, and they could probably add some extra bells and whistles. But I don't know if they'll do it. No, wait a minute. If they're going to redo the Millennium Falcon, last I checked in one of those movies, what about that old clunker? Was that Millennium Falcon? You mean that old clunker? <laughs> you know what? They could add, they could make the Millennium Falcon make it 649, and I don't think they'll even have enough time to check the website because they're going to run out. Yeah. Because it is the Millennium Falcon, the most popular non clunker ship. And how many years since 77? Come on. There's only been so many, and there's only so many versions of them. Don't get me wrong. There's, there's probably seven or eight quality uh, uh, Kenner slash has, you know what I'm saying, yeah, of yeah, Millennium yeah. Falcon. Yeah. So I wouldn't put it past them to bring out the extrude. It would be 50th year, 55th year, whatever. But I mean, 77, yeah, 87, 97, You just, it really, 2027? What year is that going to be for Star Wars? Come on. That's you a good look point. Back, yeah, and I mean, it's funny because I'm starting to collect old magazines from Star Wars from the 77, 78, and I have a star log that talked about, what's this movie, Star Wars? <laughs> star Trek's way popular. How, what is George Lucas thinking with this Star Wars thing? Are you kidding? You're looking at that magazine now and going, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we we just were talking with somebody about the the deal that George Lucas made, where he got got one dollar for every figure or action figure or something that was sold. That was his deal that he had with Kenner, so they got mm-hmm. the majority of it. And he quickly changed that because he's like, yeah, well, the toys are where the money is. We knew when he switched into the prequel trilogy, he kind of knew where to go, and that's uh, why he doesn't care about anything anymore because he's got so much money. But it is it is the Millennium Falcon is the ship that made the Kessel run in less than in less than uh, twelve parsecs. So we gotta, we, Heck yeah, it would be a and good one to bring out. So who shot 50th. first? Though? So let's talk about that. So we that's a whole different story, right? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> we'll we'll get into that. Well, we have Michelle Shea in the comments that she says Ahsoka looks very cool. I agree. I'm very excited for the series. Uh, Rosario Dawson showing up in the last season of the Mandalorian was a cool thing to see. Uh, 
I'm not sure what wall we'll get in this, but I'm excited to see where the journey goes and we'll see who gets introduced. We know we're getting some of the cast of Rebels anyway. We saw Chopper and Captain Harrison Dula. We'll see if they tie in. Uh, maybe we'll get Ezra Bridger. I think they cast that actor, so I'll be interested to see how they mm-hmm. bring all that, where he has been this whole time, ever since he disappeared with Grand Admiral Thrawn in Rebels. It's going to be yeah, it's going to be a great journey. I mean, Star Wars has been around since '77. It's still running strong today. I don't see it ever stopping. And again, Toy Man Toy Show. Uh, we've got Chris McCoolin has been in charge of that. I can't believe it's been. Th- you said 32 years, really? Yeah, yes. And our very first show was November 1990, and it was a year in the planning back then. So <laughs> it's eight times a year. And this is uh, August 27th. It's Sunday. It's at the Machinist Hall here in Bridgeton, Missouri, the corner of St. Charles and the Rock Road. Can't miss it. Uh, we talked a lot about Star Wars toys and Thundercats toys. Obviously, they have those. Uh, Joey V, my executive producer, and I were talking before the show started tonight, and he was saying that he's noticed Barbie prices have started to tick upwards ever since the movie. There are people who have Barbies for sale, vintage Barbies at Toy Man as well. People are thinking, oh, it's a bunch of boys' toys. It's really not. It's something for everyone. Oh, definitely. We have Barbies. We have Little uh, uh, little Pets, all those things, LOL. I mean, the Bratz dolls. I mean, there's, there's no way. And you can't even say girls' toys and boys' toys. They're just collectibles. Yeah. And I mean, I don't care if it's LOL or if we're talking about Nightmare Before Christmas. And if you're not talking about, and you could sit there and go, oh, it has Funko Pops. We have action figures. We have vintage stuff. We have gaming. We have movie posters. We have 180 tables on the main floor, another 30 tables upstairs of artists, illustrators, crafters, artisans. Uh, we have, and I want to mention this, Art by Gods. This yes. guy, ex-military, uh, he put his art form uh, from his head, from being in the military as a ranger. He was a ranger at 20 years old. Hmm. His PTSD, and he puts this all out in public. That his art, and you see his work, Art by God is amazing. And I'm featuring him at the next Toy Man show. He'll be up in the cove. It's amazing, his work. Yeah, you sent me some pictures before the show started. It's brilliant looking. I mean, it's really, really good. Yes, very much so. And it's not just paintings. It's art. I mean, you look at it, and you're just you're seeing past what you're just seeing black and white. There's some black and whites, and there's some other ones you're like, Wow, that's strong. When you take just a glance at it and it's like you're thinking about more into it, that's what makes it art. And before I let you go, uh, Joey V is a huge Ninja Turtles fan. He loves Ninja Turtles, can't get enough Ninja Turtles. And he was saying, boy, since since the originals came out in 1985, now we've got a movie out brand new in theaters. There's been literally, I think, four or five iterations of Turtles, one for every generation I assume that someone will have some turtle stuff at the upcoming Toy Man. I guarantee. <laughs> I will personally guarantee. And we're not just talking about the Ninja Turtle Funko Pops. Let's just push Funko Pops out of the way. Ninja Turtles figures, carded, uncarded, mint condition, grab bags, guarantee it. You might even see, and I have, a, I have two of them already, the four-foot-tall Ninja Turtles, and oh, mine yeah. have been signed by different artists, but they've been; those have even showed up in my show. And I think some guy last time I was there had the blimp, which I've never, I never got, had that. Yes. I was never a big turtles guy growing up as much as Joey was. But uh, yeah, I saw that. I was like, oh my gosh, that's that's one of the things I know is a grail for turtle collectors. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's one of the holy grails of blimps. And if you're looking for a holy grail, I mean, people have had the in-the-box USS flag aircraft carriers from the G.I. Joe collection. There's always something really cool there. So you might be thinking, eh, Sunday, we got nothing to do. Come out to Toy Man at Bridgeton, Missouri, the Rock Road in 270. Uh, what Early birds get in. What, what's the what's the breakdown for early birds versus regular? Um, early birds at 8 o'clock. Um, and that's 15. It goes from 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock, and that gets you an hour early to shop before the general public comes in at 9 to 2. 9 to 2 will be general admission. Uh, and yeah. what, what's the age for kids? Uh, so, uh, how am I under getting free? 16 and younger. That's your actual age. That's your mentality. <laughs> 16 and under, that'd be a whole lot of free. Yeah, I'm okay. like, oh, yeah. I'd be I'm 9 to 12. Right, I'm just exactly. Telling you. 16 and under get in free. Uh, it's a great day to look around and just come out, like I said, board games, uh, movie posters, something for everyone. And Toy Man, if people want to find out more about the show, I know the Facebook is probably the best way still for people to ask questions and reach out. Yeah, Toy, Toy Man Show on Facebook, ToyManShow.com. If, you if you've not heard about Toy Man, go on Google, type in Toy Man Show, one word, or Toy Man STL. Go on YouTube, not my videos. Go on YouTube yeah. and type in Toy Man St. Louis and just listen to what other collectors say. Not talking about me. My, those aren't my videos. These are the collectors talking. Yep, absolutely. It's uh, it's always a good time. And if you come out, like I said, I'll be set up in the hallway selling stuff, too. If you come up to me and say, hey, we heard the show Sunday. Uh, I've got geek to me radio stickers to give away that Joey V has created from his brilliant mind. So hey, I need one of those. Well, yeah, well, well, yeah. I think you're you're automatically a shoe in because you've been on the show. <laughs> so yeah, come on by and I'll, I've got I've got some. Uh, they look like uh, blockbuster vintage ones. And I think I've got some a couple of micro machines one and a couple of My Little Pony style left. So come by, Chris. I'll make sure you get some of the first uh, first of the day. Awesome. Chris McQuillan of Toy Man, I appreciate your time as always. We'll see you Sunday morning, bright and early. See you Sunday morning. See everyone there. Thanks. Take care. Uh-huh. There he goes, Chris McQuillan. Um, lots to do, so I know there was a lot of information. If you're uh, j- hearing this after the fact, later on in the week, scroll down to the bottom of the page. We'll have links to Toy Man Toy Show, the Facebook page and all that, so you can check that out. Um, Joey V has been in the house with me here making the videos that you're all able to watch. I like it when he's in a, I don't feel so alone cause it gets lonely in the studio, but you can't see my tears without the video. So it's, it's a double-edged sword. I can't cry on video because Joey's here to keep me company. Um, are you going to, uh, be able to, is there any, are there any Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toys you should want me to be on the lookout for, for you this Sunday? Um, no, there's, it's been incredible watching what toys they bring out because there's characters that. I have not seen in any iteration before. So this is like a whole new movie. The kids' voices mm-hmm. are what's used for these Ninja Turtles. So they're actually teenagers in this one. So hmm. I, I can't wait to see it. I think I'm going to try and go tomorrow. Okay. And it said on Deadline, that's where I get my information from for this quote, that the toys have made a billion dollars so no far. No kidding? Just from the just, new ones? Just these ones for this movie has made a wow. billion dollars. That's... Since 2012 up to last year, it made... $8 billion, the Ninja Turtles franchise. So the toys are what's just keeping this thing going, man. I got to think that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toys have probably surpassed Power Ranger toys in terms of overall sales. Because I remember watching the toys that made us mm-hmm. and uh, Zaban. I was talking about how, you know, it's a huge thing. We've got, you know, but they've got as many turtle stuff out, like electric toothbrushes and flashlights, as they would Power Rangers. So I wonder what I would assume Turtles has grown past 
even Power Rangers as far as overall sales. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, you know, they got one more figure, one more different color. That's the genius of yeah. these things. You can't just buy one turtle. You need his three other friends. Power Rangers, you got at least the five pack if you're right. going original. Yeah. And then they have all the different iterations. It, that's something I'm going to have to look into. So if those of you might be listening, I'm going to get into it. Uh, Michelle Shea again says she did watch Thundercats, the Thundercat, the new Thundercat series, which I enjoyed the new Thunder. I don't know if you watched the reboot they had on Cartoon Network in 2011. Mm-hmm. I did not know. They had uh, Will Friedle, uh from oh, Boy Meets World great. and who voiced uh, Terry McGinnis in Batman Beyond. He was the voice of Lion-O mm-hmm. um, in the new one. I, I enjoyed the reboot. Um that was that was a very very well done reboot. Ducktales still the best reboot in my opinion of all cartoon reboots. Is there a Blue Beetle review coming from you soon? I didn't get a chance to see it. Uh, okay. Warner Brothers did not give us a screener uh, for the St. Louis area, so I did not get to see Blue Beetle yet. I'm going to try to check it out, but um, I can't say when for sure. Okay. But uh, maybe next week you can give us a Turtles review because I didn't see that one either. I think that'll be a great, yeah. Come in next week and we'll give our movie reviews. Yep. We'll have the review of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I've got a couple things on deck I'm still trying to secure for next week. So I will announce what we're doing next week as soon as I have the guests locked in and confirmed. Um, but I do want to give a special shout out. Last week we had a very nice gentleman, Alan, texted the KTRS text lines. They, From Barbie? Alan? No, not that Alan, not Michael Sarah. Oh, okay. But he uh, he said, hey, I just sent a letter, uh, an email to KTRS management saying how much I really enjoy your show. It's really good. That kind of makes me feel good. And then we had my friend Chuck Brinkley say, I listen to your show Every every time it comes up on iHeartRadio, which I always forget iHeartRadio is, we have that on that app yeah. as well. And it always makes me feel good. People are like, you know, hey, I, you know, people are like, kind of, Alan, I don't know. So that was great that he emailed management. <laughs> Chuck Brinkley, I do know, but I didn't realize he listened to my show. And then I'm having dinner with some friends for my niece's birthday party we just had this past week. And Cindy, our friend Cindy Gardner said, hey, you know what? You're the only podcast I listen to. And I've been telling other friends about it, too, because it's so much fun. So, Cindy Gardner, I appreciate you doing that and spreading the... uh, Kevin Smith said a similar thing. He did, yes. He did say it's the only podcast that he gets his geek news from, I believe. Whenever I go eat out at Hindle's in Florissant, I say, give me the James install. And <laughs> well, they, you know, they kick me in the butt and punch gonna, me. And... <laughs> that's not, yeah, I wouldn't go doing that. They do a James pasta. It's off the menu thing at Hendel's, but that's a story for another time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I always appreciate that. So uh, just letting you all know out there, uh, Michelle Shea just said I told someone about the show. Yeah, you're jumping on the bandwagon now, Michelle, after I, after I tell people. I'm kidding. No, I appreciate Michelle, I think, was our ticket winner for the Spider-Man concert. So uh, I do appreciate that, Michelle. Thank you. It always, you know, I, we do the show. We have no way of knowing the KTRS did not subscribe to Arbitron, so I never know how many people are listening or who until people text in, people like uh, Michelle here in the chats now, our friend Chance, uh, BK, people like that go into the chats and say, hey, we're listening from Atlanta. Or I get, when mm-hmm. we had Dietrich Bader on, we had some nice people call from Philadelphia on the text lines and things like that. So it's always nice to know people do listen every week. So if you are a listener, hopefully, uh, like Michelle Shea, like Cindy Gardner, like uh, like our friend Alan on the text lines there at KTRS text lines, uh, you've told someone about the show because that's how the show grows is you like the show and you tell somebody else, hey, if uh, if you like comic books or video games or movies or television, here's a great show you should listen to. If people are always looking for new podcasts to listen to. And I think word of mouth is the best advertising, in my opinion. And just to tie this together, I pulled up the Alan Dahl on eBay from the original 1963 version, and a new in-box sold for $600. So this, I didn't know it was that old. Nobody wanted Alan until this year, and now he's selling for $600. <laughs> Poor so that's incredible. Alan. And Midge, Midge, there's a, there's a two-pack of Midge and Alan together that sold for $1,600 here on eBay. Poor Alan. That makes me so sad. So this movie, and 
Yeah, I just read that uh, Barbie surpassed The Dark Knight as their most successful I saw that. That's movie crazy. that Warner Brothers has ever had. That's incredible, the, the power of this film. Yeah, congratulations to Greta Gerwig and all the people involved with Barbie. That is absolutely amazing. Um, that is our time. I we are. We I'm going to start singing up. the theme song for well, you. I'm trying to get it to pull up. I've synced to my current position. Hit play. We'll send in a ticket to uh, our automation system. It's playing now. <laughs> We're going to be a little late. I'll put a smaller legal ID at the end. But that's all right. Everyone who watched tonight, thank you very much. My thanks again to Vince Lozano. My thanks to Chris he was cool. Toy Man. Oh, uh, the cooler. Yeah. Oh, it's cooler to go because the cooler. It's not in the way you watch the flash. It's not in the way you love Scotty Young Art. It's not in the way you play Mario Kart. It's not in the way you look when you make Game of Thrones references. That's a troll. This is Geek Tommy Radio. That's a troll. kids, are your parents about to buy you a shiny new toy from Amazon? Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Well, don't be selfish. Share some of that money with us. Before going on Amazon, make sure to type in bit.ly slash geek to me in the web browser. It will look just like Amazon.com, except it'll say referral geek to me radio up top. And then when you check out, a tiny percentage will go to support the show without costing you one cent more. So before your parents get you that gizmo, gadget, or widget, make sure they type in bit.ly slash geek to me in the web browser. Bit.ly slash geek to me. Bit.ly slash geek to me.